Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Amen. I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The Word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bible with me to Psalm 149. Psalm 149. For the last two months or so, we've been doing a series that we've called Horizon. We called it Horizon because the generation that was supposed to enter into the promised land that just came out of Egypt did not enter in because of unbelief. And the promised land, even though they were right there, remained on the horizon for them. But the next generation crossed over into the horizon and got what God had for them. So one of the things we've been teaching on these last eight to ten weeks is how not to leave what God has for you on the horizon. How you can possess what God has for you. And so we're going to continue on in that line. And if you haven't been here, I encourage you to go to our website, fccga.com, or go to uh, the, our podcast and download all of our messages. We put them up there for free so you can grow in your faith. So Psalm 149, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Some of you got it. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands. Now, when you think of people going to battle, you think of them having weapons, but you don't think of them singing as they go. But one of the things that people of God are supposed to do when they have battle, when they go to battle, is they're supposed to keep the praise of God in their mouth. Because if you don't, you will not possess what God has for you. Let me prove it to you. Go to Exodus 15. Exodus 15. Let the high praise of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. We've talked about it in the weeks prior this month, the power of the blessing. God has blessed us, but also says he blesses the work of our hands. So there's work we're supposed to do, but there's also God's power that's available to us. There is work and things you have to do every day, but the praise of God should still be in your mouth. Exodus 15, verse 1. Now this just happened after God delivered Israel from Egypt. He brought them out, as the scriptures say, with a strong right hand, a manifestation of his power. Pharaoh and the chariots began to chase after them. God parts the Red Sea. Israel walks across on dry ground. And as Pharaoh says, hey, we can get them too, the chariots go after them. The Red Sea closes and takes out 
the mighty army of Egypt. So what is the next thing the Israelites do? They begin to sing. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. Notice the singing to the Lord. And spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths of the stone, they keep singing about what God just did. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellency, you have overthrown them that rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath, which consumed them as stubble. So it keeps, they keep describing poetically what God just did. They talk about what the enemies thought, and they talk about what God did in advance. Then it says, you stretch out your right hand. What are they doing? Rehearsing God's victory. They keep singing again and again and again. They keep rehearsing the victory of God. But then as they begin to sing and praise, it begins to switch. Look at verse 14. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Eden shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Who are these people? The people in the promised land that are about to oppose them. So now they go from singing to the Lord and they begin to prophesy. Now pay attention to all this because it's important where we're going to today's message. They begin to sing praises to God again. Let's talk about how God's going to bring them into the promised land. It says, you shall bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for you, to dwell in the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Notice they said the Lord will bring them into the promised land and plant them. If you plant something, you expect growth. So now they're singing about their future. Not only did God deliver us in the past, he's going to bring us into our promised land, and he's going to plant us, and we're going to grow. We're going to produce. We're going to be fruitful. They're singing about things that right now seem impossible, but they have the song of God in their mouth. And then they repeat again how the army was taken down by the Red Sea. And then Miriam, the, pro the prophetess, the sister of Aaron and Moses, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after with timbrels and with dances, and they began to sing, Sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out to the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Before we go to the next verse, they sang about what God did. They repeated some phrases over and over because they are rehearsing the Lord's victory. The party of the Red Sea and its closing on the enemies represents one of the greatest victories and miracles that Israel had ever seen. So they sang about it. The song represents their expectation of growth in the promised land. The song represents what God is going to do to the enemies that oppose them. So we all see, it's not your question, God did something amazing. What did they do? They began to sing. Right? Look at verse 22. 
So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness. Not a long time. Three days. Three days ago, they were singing about what God did. They were singing about how God brought them out of Egypt. How God defeated the enemies. Just like some of y'all on Sunday, y'all singing and praising God, but by the time Wednesday gets here. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Say bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, or they called it Marah. So after this amazing victory and song, they run into a problem three days later. They are looking for a water source, and the water they find is undrinkable. Do they respond in song and declaring the Lord's victory? No. They call their situation bitter. They sang on Sunday, but by Wednesday, they said, everything is bitter. But you sang something different on Sunday. You were singing, you were dancing, you were smiling. You were getting your charismatic hop on. But when something happened that you didn't expect, you stopped singing and calling things bitter. Verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses. Wait, you were singing three days ago. What happened? Not only did God take them out of Israel, I mean out of Egypt, not only did he defeat their enemies, they left with silver and gold. God gave them reparations of over 400 years of slavery at one moment and healed an entire nation. So no one's sick, no one's weak, no one's in pain. Doesn't matter how old you are, your youth has been renewed. You are doing good, and three days later, you begin to murmur. How quickly we forget. But see, this word murmur is not just grumbling and complaining. It's grumbling and complaining and coming to a stop. All throughout, when you read in Exodus and Numbers, when it says they murmured, they started complaining and they stopped going forward. As soon as you stop, start complaining and murmuring and whining, you stop your progression. You don't go forward in faith. Because you're whining and blaming everybody else. I heard a preacher say recently, he said, you can't believe God and blame people at the same time. So Moses cries unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, and when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and ordinance, and there he proved them and said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Hey, by the way, that's me. And will do that which is right in his sight. And will give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. I'll put none of these diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. So he's reminding them and informing them of who he is. Y'all just sang about me three days ago. Now you're complaining. Remember who I am. I'm the one who heals you. I healed you three days ago. You really think I'm not going to give y'all water? I gave you a whole bunch of money. You really think I'm going to cause you to be thirsty? I delivered you from all your enemies. You really think I'm going to leave you now? You really think I brought you this far to leave you? So God is reminding them. We have this wonderful healing covenant here, but he's reminding them and telling them this is who I am. I can heal bitter situations and I can make your body whole. So the three days prior, they were singing about what the Lord had done. Now when they ran into situations instead of singing victory, they called their situation bitter and began to complain. God fixes the situation and explains who he is to them. 
Notice that when they started complaining and calling things bitter, it's when they stopped singing. They grumbled and came to a stop when they lost their song. If you lose your song, you will grow bitter. You will complain about your situation, and you will come to a stop in your progress. Never give up your song. Look at your neighbor and say, never give up your song. Look at your other neighbor and say, do not lose your song. Go to Psalm 32, verse 7. Your song is vitally important. It doesn't matter if you can sing or not. It doesn't matter if you can't carry a tune in a bucket. You can't lose your song. Because if you lose your song, you're not going to possess your promised land. Because notice in Exodus 15, they sang about what God was going to do. Right? They sang how God was going to bring them in and plant them and give them victory. God gave them their answer in a song before they ever went to battle. But by the time they got to the promised land, they had forgotten their song and couldn't enter in. If you forget the song that God gives you and puts in your mouth and in your heart, you won't be able to enter into what God has for you. Psalm 32 verse 7, the psalmist says, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround or compass me about with songs of deliverance. Another translation, you shall surround me with songs of victory. So not only does God protect you, he surrounds you with songs of victory and deliverance. Go to Psalm 40, verse 3. Songs of victory. Songs of deliverance. Psalm 40, verse 3, and he, the Lord, has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. God will give you songs. He will put songs in your mouth and in your heart. God will give you songs to sing. So some of you think it's just random that during the week you hear a praise song come up in your heart. Go, oh, yeah, I like that song. That's not to go, oh, yeah, that's cute. That's for you to sing at that moment. Because God is surrounding you with songs of victory and deliverance. Don't lose your song. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to sing. Look at your other neighbor and say, you may not need to sing around me, but you need to sing. Go to Psalm 98 verse 1. Psalm 98 verse 1. Psalm 98, verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. Now, we talked about that song in Exodus 15. That song was the word of the Lord. If they kept singing it, Faith would have risen in their hearts since faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you lose your song, you'll be just like Israel. You will not receive all that God has promised you. Your song is vitally important. 
You must hold on to your song. You must sing the song God puts in your mouth. You must sing the song God puts in your heart. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32, as we said over the last 10 weeks or so, Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law. One generation died out in the wilderness. The next generation is about to cross over into the promised land. So you're reading about the last thing Moses does before he dies and before Joshua takes over. It says Moses blesses the people. You see Moses preaching to the people. The book of Deuteronomy is composed of two last messages. Moses preaches to the people of God. But when you get to chapter 32, you see this log seeming like it's a message. You think it's a speech. But when you get to chapter 32, verse 44, and Moses came and spake all the words of this what? Of this what? In the ears of the people, he and Joshua, the son of Nun. And Moses made an end of speaking all these words to all of Israel. One of the last things Moses did on this earth was to teach the people of God a song. Before they entered into the promised land, Moses taught them a song. If they would sing that song and do that song, they would never be defeated. Your song is vitally important. Go to Psalm 100. One of the things the Lord put on my heart this week is that you're not doing enough singing. Some of you got advanced degrees in complaining. But you're not doing enough singing. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? It's proper protocol when you go to the throne of God to start singing. You don't have to say, well, I, I, I'm not a singing person. That's not my personality. Look, Abraham sang, Moses sang, David sang, Jesus sang, Paul sang, all the disciples sang, and you read the prophets, God the Father sings. What is your excuse? You need to sing. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. So we come before God with singing. Go to Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. But you are holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. This word praises is praises that's come through a song. When you sing, when you begin to praise God, God comes in the room in a manifested way. See, when we pray, we come into God's presence. When we praise, he comes into our presence. 
not just when you're in church. Because if you were learned to praise God all throughout the day, his presence will invade wherever you are. Go to Psalm 33. Your song is important. Don't lose your song. Psalm 33, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with a harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and instruments of ten strings, sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Notice what it says here, praise looks good on the upright. Praise looks good on you. Now, what's another way to look at that? Go to Isaiah 61, verse 3. Praise looks good, looks appropriate, looks right on the just. And we know the just lives by faith. So praise looks good on faith people. Isaiah 61, verse 3. part of the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 61, verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil joy for mourning. This is an exchange program. The garment of praise. This word praise is praise through song. For the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. See, there are spiritual garments just like there are spiritual armor. You can see each one of us in this natural realm, but there is a spirit realm. And depending on how you live your life according to the word of God, you are dressed a certain way in the spirit realm. How you're dressed in the spirit realm is how angels and demons identify you. Just like there's spiritual armor, there's spiritual clothes, spiritual garments. Are you missing some of yours? Because it says it's a garment of praise. Some of you are like, oh, I got my helmet of salvation. I got my shoes of peace. I got the sword of the spirit. But do you got your cloak, your clothes of praise? Are you going out with your armor but no garment covering you? It looks good on you when you praise. Or do you sing the song of your enemy? Are you whining? Are you complaining? Or are you proud? You sing about everything that you can do, but you don't sing praises unto the Lord. Don't lose your song. Go to Colossians 3 verse 16. God likes to hear you sing. Your spouse may hate it, but God likes to hear you sing. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You're supposed to be full of the word of God. But notice what it says next. Teaching and admonishing one another how. 
psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. One another also includes you. If you're full of the word, you're going to start singing the word. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Go to Ephesians 5. See, we're very, we're very much so sticklers when it comes to what we sing in this church. Because we're not going to have you sing unbelief. We're not going to have you sing doubt and fear just because it's popular. We will edit a song in a heartbeat. We're looking at us like, oh, everything else about that song is nice, but those words need to change. We have changed. and see, we get this from mother organization as well, we have changed some songs so much that when you hear it on the radio, you're like, oh, I know that melody. And they start singing, I don't know those words. Why? We're trying to give you things so you can sing. So when you run into things throughout the week, you don't know, well, I don't know what to say, but a song comes in your heart. That's why the Holy Ghost leads Minister Dathan and Sister Camille about what songs to sing on Sundays, on Wednesdays. Why? Because that's what the Holy Ghost wants to put in your heart. So when you go throughout the week, you begin to open your mouth and sing. Ephesians 5, 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord? Don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is excess? Stop drinking. Pastor Jesus really doesn't care. You start drinking, lose your inhibitions, and then you repent in the morning. What do you think that it doesn't add up? It's like, well, I'm not drunk. It says, don't be drunk. Okay. Where's your limit? Well, I know where my limit is. That means you've been drunk before. Well, it's a gray area. Well, all gray is a lighter form of darkness. So you can either be in the light or you could try to get by, and you run into a blessing one moment and a devil the next. You guys going out places drinking, like, oh, they look good. You wake up, oh! <laughs> These days, you don't even know what gender they are by now. <laughs> I just need my... I just need a sip. That's what the Holy Ghost was for. So you're finding a cheap substitute so you can act like the world. Proverbs says, give alcohol to them that are ready to die. You ready to die? No. It's give them to the ones that aren't royalty, the ones who are broke. So every time you take a sip, you said, I'm ready to die and I want to be broke. So if you were like, well, the Bible's not conclusive, just know every time you drink, I want to be broke, I want to die. I want to be broke, I want to die. I want to be broke, I want to die. I want to be broke, I want to die. And you're denying your royalty. Because Proverbs 31 says, strong drink is not for those who are princes. Jesus came to make you kings and priests. So make sure what you do throughout the week lines up to what the Word actually says. Because authority is delegated. Dominion is delegated. 
There are universal promises of authority in the word of God, but you'll run into situations you have no authority for because you ain't living right. And you're wondering why things aren't listening to you. It's because that authority is not delegated because you decided to do whatever you want in other situations. Another message. Ephesians 5 verse 18, be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled. The word Greek is there, be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we said this is the year of fullness, overflow, and glory. We said three things to focus on. The first one of those three was focus on fullness. It says, be being filled. As you are filled, one of the overflows of being full are psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, I, there are times you just come to the presence of God and sing songs that are on your heart. That's good. But there are times when you need to spend some time with the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost for a significant period of time. And as you do that, you can hit a part where a song comes out of your heart. And you have to listen to the words of that song. I'm not saying record it and try to get a contract somewhere. Listen to the words of that song because in that song will be instruction. There will be a time where you get to that song and it becomes prophetic and God tells you what he's about to do in your situation. How do I know that? Go to 1 Corinthians 14. Don't lose your song. First Corinthians 14. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow after love and desire, seek after spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are given to all by the Holy Ghost that every man may profit. Now, not every believer is going to walk in every nine gifts of the Spirit on a regular basis. But there's one gift, Paul says, by the Holy Ghost you should seek after, and it's the gift of prophecy. Now, don't confuse the gift of prophecy with the office of the prophet. What is the gift of prophecy? You keep going, it says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands them. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men for edification, exhortation, and Comfort, But he that speaks an unknown tongue builds up himself, but he that prophesies builds up the church. So the simple gift of prophecy is a supernatural message in a known language that's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's a supernatural message that builds you up, encourages you, comforts you, and makes you stronger. Every believer has access to that gift. Now, we said spiritual songs are songs given by the Holy Spirit. After you spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost, and a song comes out. And if that song is edification, exhortation, and comfort, guess what? You're prophesying. You're prophesying in song. God is telling you what he's going to do in your situation. It's encouragement. It's comfort. It's strength. And when he gives you that song, sing it. Keep singing it. 
Keep singing it. Don't lose your song. You have to spend time in the presence of God. Now, I know we're all busy. Not every day can you spend these hours it takes to sometimes get to a place like that. But you need to have specific time set aside where you can just pray in the Holy Ghost. One of the things I do is I take walks and I just go and pray in the Holy Ghost. I might run the first one or two miles, and then I walk a few miles and I'll just pray in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I have a subject matter at hand. Other times I just pray in the Holy Ghost. There was one time I was dealing with a specific issue, and I was praying in the Holy Ghost. I've been praying for over an hour, and all of a song, a song rose in my heart. It changed everything I was going through. Why? It's the Holy Spirit singing through you. You have access to prophetic songs on the inside that can change the course of your life. It's not like you're trying to get it from heaven. It's already there. But you got to pray it out. You got to use the gift that God has given you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is given to empower you. There are gifts God has on the inside of you. I like what Mark Hankins says, is some gifts you'll never see until you're full. Some gifts are never activated till you're full. But sadly, most Christians live like how we drive our cars. It's, it's funny. I know my car. I got at least 50 more miles. I can get to that destination. I'll fill up later. Oh, it's the weekend. I don't want to fill up because gas prices are higher. I'll wait. And so we, our cars drive on empty. A lot of Christians live on empty. So, well, I can make it to Sunday. I, I can make it. I really don't have to spend time in prayer. Or the word. I can make it to Sunday. Pastor, preach. I'll get full back up. I'll be good. You're living on empty. And you're being robbed and denied of what God has for you. Because if you were full, you'll see things activate. Go, whoa, where did that come from? It's been on the inside of you all along. But you didn't see it until you were full. So one of the things you got to take time to do is what does it take for you to be full? We know that when it comes to eating regular food. We know what it takes for us to be full. And some of us, especially when holidays come around Thanksgiving, we know what it takes for us to be full. So we pace ourselves all day long so that we can enjoy that food on Thanksgiving. So you may have a light breakfast. You may have a salad in between just to get your stomach ready because you're planning to be full. What if we took that same mentality? What does it take for my spirit to be full? And as you keep growing in God, your spiritual capacity expands. So then you have to think again, what does it take for me to be full again? Because when you're fully begin to overflow, not only is your life blessed, but it begins to affect others. Part of being full is not losing your song. It's not murmuring and complaining, but it's singing praises unto God. It's singing songs that are already written. There's some wonderful songs that bring you into the presence of God every time you open your mouth. Where there are times when God wants you to sing a new song. One of the times you can get practice singing a new song is after we finish praising and worship together as a family, there's time we're just lifting our hands. Don't just look around going, what's everybody doing? Open your mouth and sing. Open your mouth, sing in the spirit. Open your mouth and sing hallelujah, hosanna. Sing what God has done for you. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't even have to sound good. Sing. This is how you're getting ready for your week. You know, we say every Sunday, every Wednesday, we forgive everybody of everything. What am I doing? I'm having you practice forgiveness. It gets you ready to forgive people that week. Because now it's going to say, I forgive everybody of everything. You are trifling, but I forgive you. 
It gets you ready to work forgiveness instead of working being petty. Whatever you practice, you will perfect. And so if you begin practicing singing spiritual songs, you'll get to a place, you'll run into a situation, and you'll pause and go, okay, what do I need to say or sing to this? Don't lose your song. It has the power to take you into your promised land. Notice what Paul says in verse 14 of this chapter. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So my spirit knows what it's praying, but my mind doesn't get it. What is it then? I'll pray with my spirit, and I'll pray in my understanding or my natural language as well. I will sing with my spirit, and I'll sing with the understanding also. You need to sing in the Holy Ghost. You need to sing in other tongues. One of the things I was reading about the revival that took place in Azusa Street with William Seymour and what God used him to do and how God did amazing things. One of the amazing things was the glory cloud literally appeared. Everyone saw it. Sometimes it was a light mist. Sometimes it was so thick in the place that the kids played hide-and-go-seek in the glory cloud. Imagine that's your childhood. That's what you remember from church. Man, hide-and-go-seek was epic. What do you mean? Jesus would come in, the cloud would fill, and we just peekaboo around the cloud. There are written testimonies about this. Because the kids and some of the teenagers, young teenagers, the glory cloud would come in, they would be used to pray for the sick, and when they had free time, that's when they would play hide and go seek. That's the beginnings of this new manifestation of Pentecost. But William Seymour, and they would write, they said the presence and the glory would get stronger every time they began to sing in the Spirit. So if it was a light cloud, when they began to sing in the spirit, it became a thick cloud. There were times where it was a thick cloud that they began to sing and fire appealed on top of the building. The fire department was called multiple times because people thought the building was on fire. And so the firemen would come in and say, hey, where's the fire? And they said, no, it's the glory of God. What are you talking about? Look around. Is anything burning? No. Then what are we seeing? It's the glory of God. There were times the fire could be seen from miles around. There was one time John G. Lake was there. And F.F. Bosworth, and they were talking about it. The fire came up from the building, but there was also fire falling from heaven. They would meet in the sky. And, they say, and they asked, someone asked John G. Like, what was that? He says, the fire that comes out of the believers meeting the fire that comes from heaven. But it always got stronger when they would sing in the Holy Ghost, when they began to sing in other tongues. You need to sing in other tongues every day. You don't have to be loud. You can be stuck in traffic. Instead of complaining about traffic, it is Atlanta. You are going to run into traffic unless you wake up at 3 a.m. or leave at 11 p.m. And sometimes even now, there's still traffic. So you can either complain and murmur about the traffic or say, I'm going to take opportunity and I'm going to sing in the spirit right now. You don't have to close your eyes to sing in the spirit. You can look right at the road. Please do not close your eyes. Look right where you're going and sing in the Holy Ghost. Sing the song God gives you. Because in that song, there are songs of victory. There's songs of deliverance, and in that song, there are answers God will give you so you know what to do in your situation. So now I don't have to go find a prophet to tell me what I'm supposed to do. I'm actually being New Testament biblical, and the Holy Ghost who leads us and guides us is showing me what to do. What if some charismatic Christians spend as much time they do as finding a prophet to seeking the Holy Ghost on the inside and singing out their answer? Your answer's on the inside. Yes, the ministry gifts are important. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers are important. But don't put it in the place where you don't spend time with God yourself. Some people want to run after prophecies because they're spiritually lazy. 
It's like, well, if a man or woman of God says it, then I don't got to pray about it. No. Even if a man or woman of God says it, you still need to pray about it. Because guess what? Man or woman of God can still miss it. So just because someone prophesies to you doesn't mean it's right. Why? If you're walking with the Holy Ghost and spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, you'll have a witness if it's right. And if you have a check, like, ah, they missed it. Well, what if I don't have anything? Put it on the proverbial shelf and pray about it. And if God doesn't say anything, just leave it there. If necessary, God will bring it back to you. But that's the job of the congregation, actually spending time being with the Holy Ghost so that they can live a spirit-filled life. You know, someone asked the pastor, said, well, do you have a spirit-filled church? He says, well, some of the time. I'd like to think so. I hope so. Because it says be being filled. Just because you are baptized in the Holy Ghost 30 years ago doesn't mean you're full today. Here's a spiritual secret. You leak. You deal with trifling people. You pour out. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost and build yourself back up. You got kids. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost more. Stop saying, oh, my kids are killing me. You're just going to die early. Be full of the Holy Ghost. He'll help you deal with them. But then also understand what your kids are going through. Your kids aren't going through what you went through. Even if you're a younger parent, it is not the same out there. Not only are kids crazy, some teachers are crazy. You need to be up in that school. They need to know your name. They need to know your face. They need to know if something goes down, I will show up. You do not want to deal with me. One of the things you understand, we are in the last days. Satan's making some of his final attempts. More demons are released now. They're not just targeting you. They're targeting your children. So not only should you pray for them, but you should be full of the Holy Ghost so you can tell them, yeah, here's how you handle this situation. Here's how you deal with that. Because you're going to start having to answering questions to fourth graders that people didn't tell you about till you were in college. And they know tons of stuff. That's what some of you need to put limits on the Internet time. Find out how to shut it off. Find out what to block. Research. Be the nosy parent. Don't go, well, they're good. Oh, they'll be fine. No, know every little friend. Know every little text message. Know every little social media. Be involved. Let the Holy Ghost use you. Because even if you're involved and you're watching everything, you can miss something. But if you're full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will tell you. And so your kid walks home and says, hey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. Well, what, what, what happened in second period today? So did someone call? Oh, Jesus ratted me out again. What's the word of knowledge? It's not supposed to be for me and the pastor. Only it's before you. When I was a youth pastor, it not only operated as a pastor, it operated as a youth pastor. Kids will walk in and the Holy Ghost will tell me stuff about them. And I'll go talk to them about it. So then I had a group of kids, Tyler being one of them, they were coming telling me stuff. They said, we're going to tell you before the Holy Ghost tells on us. Because that's what happened. But it's not just supposed to be for the pastor. It's supposed to be for the believer. But some things never work until you're full. That's why you have to focus on fullness. Go to 2 Chronicles 20. Let's begin to wrap this thing up. Don't lose your song. Stay full of the Holy Ghost.
sing in the morning. Sing throughout the day. It doesn't have to be a loud song. It could be a soft song in your heart. Praising God, thanking God. You know, you may not know all the words of the song we sing on Sunday. Just fill them in. It's like, I don't know what that line is, but hallelujah, Hosanna, that sounds good. <laughs> fill it in. Keep a song in your mouth. Keep a song in your heart. You'll experience more victory if you do. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. Don't just praise on Sunday. And speaking of just praising on Sunday, some of y'all don't even praise on Sunday. Y'all just stare. Participate. You know, it's not Minister Dathan or Sister Camila or the praise team leader's job to be your spiritual aerobic coach. Lift your hands, put them down, step to the left, step to the right, turn around, sit down now. You should be just so glad for what God has done for you. You walk in this building and go, glory to God. You come ready to praise. You come ready to sing. That's how God told the church at Corinth, how is it that everyone has a psalm, has a word, has a this, because they came ready. Come ready to church. Because if you come ready, what God does during the experience is on a higher level. It's a partnership. It's not just me coming ready. Because if I come ready and you come ready, the Holy Ghost says, I got this. Because now everybody's in a position where God can do the maximum, not just the minimum. We want God working through us, not in spite of us. Second Chronicles chapter 20. One of the things the Lord let me know of what he's doing the last eight weeks, especially this month of February, he's getting us ready for our new season. So some words he's been saying, yes, he can address visitors, yes, he can address people coming in, yes, he can address guests, but it's been for us as a family of faith to get us ready to go into our new season. And part of this, getting us ready for our new season is God's telling you, you need to sing more. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20 is a familiar story. The people of Judah, serving God, walking with God. They got a holy, they got a righteous king, a blessed king. And they get a report. Three armies are marching your way. One army is bad enough, but there's no way they can take down the three armies. So what do they do? Do they whine? Do they complain? Do they grumble? Say, God, I've been doing this faith thing for so long, and now this situation's come my way. What happened to you breaking through? What happened to my year? What happened to fullness, overflow, and glory? What happened, Jesus? No. They, he called a national prayer meeting. Everybody. Let's pray. It says from the little infants to the oldest person in the nation, they came together and prayed. The king led the prayer meeting. And they said, he said, God, our eyes are on you. And then the Holy Ghost moved. Came upon a man of God. And he began to prophesy. He said, don't even worry about this. You don't even fight in this battle. For the battle is mine. Then it talks about how the people of Judah believe the word of the man of God. So the king got up and says, believe his prophets and you'll prosper. You'll be established. And so the, all the nation got together and says, hey. When an army goes out to battle tomorrow, because God told them where the armies were. When we go out to battle, let's put the praise team in the front. So they went out singing, praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Or another translation, his love never quits. 
So they go out singing. Song, the high praise of God in their mouth, the two-edged sword in their hand. They go out singing and praising God. Hallelujah, his love never quits. 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 And all of a sudden, when you look at verse 20 and 21 and 22, verse 22, when they began to sing and to praise Notice when they began to what? Now, it's faith to go meet the army. But God moved when they began to. The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which will come against Judah, and they were smitten. So while they're going to meet their enemy, they're singing, hallelujah, his love never quits. And as they begin to sing that praise out, God gets involved, sets ambushments against them, and all of a sudden the three armies turn on each other and fight each other until there's no one left. So by the time the children of Judah get there, all of their enemies are defeated before them. But there was something about these enemies. They brought all their money with them. And so all the enemies are laying around, and they see all this gold and silver and jewels. Like, what's going on? And said it took the entire nation three days to gather up the source. Three days. Imagine what you could pick up in one day. Imagine you went to the mall, and the mall says, whatever you want in this mall is yours. You just got to carry it out yourself. Some of you are like, man, in one day, Cumberland will be cleaned out. Imagine what a nation got in three. But how do they get it? They trusted the word of God. They walked by faith, and they began to sing. You trust the word of God. You're walking by faith, but you're not doing enough singing. Go to Acts 16, and we'll close here. Just because you're running into situations doesn't mean you lose your song. That's the perfect opportunity to lift every voice and sing, to earth and heaven ring. That's the perfect time to open your mouth and sing out songs of praise unto God. Because that's where the victory comes from. That's where the manifestation comes in. Sing the song God gives you. Acts 16, verse 25. Paul and Silas, the ministry team, been doing great things in Philippi. They get this young girl delivered from the demon. The people who owned her were mad that she was delivered. So they stirred up the city against Paul and Silas, beat them, stripped them naked, and they threw them into maximum security prison. Their hands and their feet are in stocks, and they are bleeding. Now, you might think, God, I'm in this situation because of you. I am mad at you. This is your fault. Everybody loves to blame God. They don't like to look at themselves, but that's a different message. But that's not what Paul and Silas did. It says, at midnight, they prayed, and they began to sing praises to God. So, yeah, I'm sure they prayed faith. Yeah, I'm sure they prayed for the deliverance, but they didn't stop there. 
they began to sing praises unto God. And then it says, and the prisoners heard them. So in this situation, they weren't quiet. They weren't calm. They were loud. And it's not some type of, it wasn't some type of woe is me prayer. Because if you do a woe is me prayer, you're not going to follow that up with praise. It had to be a faith-filled prayer based on the word of God. Because then they began to praise God. And it says, all of a sudden, say suddenly. The earth began to shake. Didn't we say last week God is going to shake the gates? And not only, all their chains fell off. Normal earthquakes don't do it, but when God shakes stuff, things have to fall off of you. All the doors were open, not just Paul and Silas, but everybody was set free in a moment when the men of God prayed and sang unto God. There are things God wants to do in your life, but he can't do it because you're not singing. You're not praising. Some of you have prayed enough. You need to praise about it. Some like, well, I've been praying for this for years. Stop praying. Begin to sing about it. Begin to praise about it. Begin to thank God for it. Because your praise is part of an expression of your faith. You can't be silent Christians. You can't be mean mugging everywhere you go. There has to be a song in your mouth. There has to be a song in your heart. You have to lift your voice and declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. His love never quits. You may not know how you're going to come out of the situation, but you know you're going to come out leaning on your beloved. So you say, hallelujah. His love never quits, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. So you keep singing. You keep praising. You keep going forward. You don't complain. You don't whine. You don't murmur. You march forth by faith, and you expect God to be God. But you have to sing. You have to open your mouth and sing the praises of God. Stop whining. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. And start singing. Start singing. Start singing, start praising, start worshiping, and keep it up, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. Then come back here on Sunday morning and do it again. Don't lose your song. There's victory in your voice. You have to sing it out. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. 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 So lift your hands. And let's start by praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, go ahead and pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled, ask God to fill you and he'll do it. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues. Pray. Oh, nanenina ma silaba, koraba, ah, mango shukalaba. 
Zelelena mango robobo sola la mahanda. Ah, yeah. Mango. Ora. Nando. Nando. Yes, Holy Ghost. Fill us afresh again. Fill us up again till we overflow. Fill us up, Lord. Now begin to sing in the Holy Ghost. Begin to sing in the Spirit. Begin to sing in other tongues. Do what 1 Corinthians 14 says, sing with your spirit. Come on and sing in the spirit. Come on, sing in the Spirit. Come on, sing in the Spirit. Oh, we lift our song to you, O oh Lord. Sister Camila, sing the song of the Lord. Sing what's in your spirit. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Lift your voice. 
There's victory in your song. Hallelujah, Lord. Go ahead and praise him in your natural language. Sing it out. Sing it. 
Sing it, Gino.
the glory, honor, and praise. Now, what was all that? Singing songs unto the Lord. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. It's not just for the church house, it's for your house. That's how you stay full. That's how you overflow. That's how you walk in victory. Keep the song of the Lord in your mouth. I was about to go forward, but Chaz, are you still here? Sing the song of the Lord.
Mr. T, come sing. Come on, come sing. Sing the song of the Lord. Receive your healing, receive your deliverance, 
Receive what you need from the Holy Ghost. Lay hold to it right now. Receive it by faith right now. For the Lord is here. Receive it right now. Take it by faith right now. For the Lord is here. Receive it right now. Take it by faith right now. For the Lord is here. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He's here. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. The degree of your hunger and your thirst determines how much you'll be full. I need you, Lord. I'm hungry for you, Lord. I thirst for you, Lord. I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. Forgive us, oh Lord. We're trying to do it ourselves. Forgive us, oh Lord. We know we need you, so we turn and seek you. And now we expect you, 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 oh, we expect you. What are you doing? Just trying to follow the Holy Ghost. I try to stop three times. Exalt your holy name. 
So now you see what happens when you take time and sing before me. So now you see what happens when from your heart you offer a new song unto me. You'll see how my presence manifests, and you have this assurance in your heart that things have changed and victory has manifested. Don't just do it in my house when you gather in my name. You are my house, so do it everywhere you go. Sing unto me. Lift your voices unto me. Praise my name and give me opportunity to move on your behalf. Because there are times I'll tell you, be still. I got this. You be still. The battle's not yours. It's mine. But those times come as you spend time with me, as you pray before me, as you sing before me, as you sing the song I put in your heart and your mouth, you'll experience victory after victory after victory after victory. Not small wins, not even big wins, but more than conquering so where the enemy that once attacked you every day can't get back up again. So sing unto me every day. Know that I love you and I'm singing over you as well. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father, for tongues and interpretation of tongues, for edification and exhortation and our comfort. We'll do it. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.